Welcome to YouTube's favorite comic book channel, Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Ed Piscor. I'm Jim Rugg. We're jumping the gun on our wizard coverage a little bit, man, uh, because we're only in 1995 on our wizard stuff, and we're going to take a look at Superman 123 uh, from 1997. Uh, remember when they tried to make Superman cool? Remember when they tried to update him? You remember when they killed him? You remember when they brought him back and gave him a mullet? But uh, it's a dark period of... Uh, of Superman comics, but before we get into it, we do want to let you guys know that we have a Patreon, and the King Kayfabers on our Patreon get all of our videos before anybody else. They're hanging out with with us here in the chat. Uh, do you want to read a quote from uh, from somebody who talked about a big old cardboard standee of this uh, very Superman? Yeah, from King Kayfaber Danny. There was a full size standee outside the last remaining comic shop in the mall before it closed. Always been a symbol of the end of my interest in mainstream comics. <laughs> so uh, maybe that is one question we we'll ask. Like, uh, who, who is this comic book for? Uh, but got to let you guys know, we're going to, to uh, Heroes Con. And uh, in at, well, we might, might have been there. Heroes Con was uh, the midweek of, uh, of June. Uh, so we may or may not have been there, depending on when you're watching this video. And uh, we are promoting Cartoonist Kayfabe Comic Book Christmas in July, where we're encouraging everybody to take their comp copies of comics if you're a professional, take your doubles, uh, go to your local shop, man, go to the dollar bin, grab 20 bucks worth of comics, and let's put those around town in those free little lending libraries uh, so that we can uh, do what we can to increase comic readership, comic awareness. We all came across comics in weird ways. You always hear the story about the getting your hair cut at the barber shop and picking up a comic and getting hooked. Let's hook some new people, man. Uh, Superman 123 might not be the comic to do it. <laughs> now, Jimmy, on the surface, this comic, this is Electric Batman, uh, Superman, you know what I mean? On the surface, this just looks like a comic. So, like, uh, but there's some production values here. If you touch the comic, if you had the tactility, you would feel uh, it's rub the blood texture, if you re recall the rub the blood. Uh, but, uh, you know, let's do a little production value. Let's do a little special effects here. You might hear, you might get a little far away from the... Uh, from the microphone, but we're going to shut some lights out in the in the in the compound for a second. And see what we got. Let's see what this looks like on the uh, on the screen. Doesn't look like nothing, but boom, there, there it is. You go. There it is. Look at that. That's man. a pretty dramatic reveal, as they say. Yeah, I like that gimmick. I didn't realize that it was a glow in the dark until minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, where do we see that? But we saw that with the Ghost Rider gimmick cover. Um, Look, it fades like it charges under light, and you can see it fading. Oh, that's funny. Cartoonist Kayfabe is brought to you by uh, the books that we make, but there's also a Patreon. King Kayfabers on that Patreon get all of the videos uh, before anybody else completely mitigates that Kayfabe effect, and they have access to our uh, weekly stream uh, where we create each of the episodes completely removing the kayfabe effect from uh, existence for them. Uh, the videos are brought to you by the books that we make. You're looking at a good sample of our bibliography, but we have some additions to this. Man, we never stop working. Jimmy's going to have Street Angel Princess of Poverty coming to you this summer. It is a companion piece to Street Angel Deadliest Girl Alive. Uh, it's different material. It's from uh, Jim's pre-image days, and you have both volumes. You're going to have all of uh, the Street Angel content that Jimmy has created to date. I'm going to have forthcoming the Hip Hop Family Tree Omnibus is coming to you. I just got the cover proofs. Look at that. Look at that gleam. Look at that gleam. 504 pages. Look at the size of that spine. That's a lot of comics in that book. Comprises all four volumes of Hip Hop Family Tree, 140 pages of new material that uh, is not uh, has not been seen in any of the other volumes at this point. 
and I drew a bunch of new stuff for this comic. Also, there is a uh, X-Men Grand Design trade paperback coming out that's going to have all three volumes of X-Men uh, Grand Design comprised into one volume. Uh, it's a trade paperback coming to you in time for the holidays, just like the Hip-Hop Family Tree Omnibus. And Red Room uh, is my new series. Red Room Crypto Killers Issue 1 is out in the wild, coming out on a monthly basis. Here's the cover for Issue 2, Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit is the name of the game in Red Room Comics. There are two trade paperbacks without that out in the wild as we speak. Now that we're done paying the bills, back to the video. <laughs> <laughs> all right man let's let's uh be liquid with uh our settings real quick and put the lights back on and there's some good effects as the lights came on and it got very bright the glow in the dark part yeah man we're, we're reactivating it wonder twins reactivate so uh, i'd say we're jumping the gun with the wizard coverage in correspondence with this issue because uh i remember there being a feature where they would get like Joe Casada and Jerry Ordway and a bunch of guys to like do their reinterpretation of what a Superman costume looked like. Or maybe they were printing in that article a bunch of different people giving it their shot like by way of DC and like the Ron Friends one won. Um, maybe that was the deal. We'll get to that, you know, 10, 15 issues from now. But Ron Friends is the guy on Superman. And he designed this look? Yeah. I like this look. Quite I, sure. I, I think it's it's not bad at all for what it is. You know, if you're going to do some kind of elect, electric gimmick, I don't even know exactly what he, electricity or lightning, whatever this thing is, I feel like it looks pretty good. Yeah. It, it retains the Superman quality. I don't think anybody's going to be confused that this is a Superman design, but it has some, some uh, different flourishes and it's relatively simple. Like when Quesada redoes Batman after Nightfall, it's like, what is this He's thing? a transformer. But this is pretty streamlined. I think it works. Yeah. Kind of a Magic Mike pose, man. Kind of like a <laughs> Patrick Swayze Chippendale dancer. Yeah, the like pose I, may not be. I feel like he's pushing that cod piece like to the fore there with, that, with that, those legs. A lot of points uh, converge <laughs> there in the, in the middle. And the radial blur, like, you know, like it doesn't... <laughs> a lot going on there, man. Uh, Dan Jurgens back on writing. So the guy who killed Superman... Went to Marvel for a little bit, did some spider clone Spider-Man, and now he's back. There's a fascination to this comic, like the the uh, the Ron Friend stuff. I I love this shit on um on a uh, Thor. Like mm -hmm. I got a bunch of the Thor issues. It was a boon when DC got him during the mullet Superman era, and I would pick those up randomly at the at the Kmart. Like I would see those at the Kmart, and like let me see what Ron Friend's doing, man. He, he's built a lot of equity uh, with me. Brett Breeding, I remember being like a big inker at that stage. It's Joseph Rubenstein who's doing the inks here, and Rubenstein's of the uh, like the Jick Giordano kind of school, man, with that, those thick underlighted uh, areas and stuff, and kind of quick. But um, what, looking at this issue, you know, it's 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 been a while since we looked at, like, this is a job comic, through and through. Like, like Ron Friends makes no bones about it. Like, he's one of our earliest shoot interviews, and he's the guy talking, like, uh, you know, uh, these are breakdowns. Like, I'm just doing breakdowns, getting paid for breakdowns. Like, he's he's tied into the craft of comic making. And listen, man, I, I, I've done talks with him at, at the local colleges and stuff, and he will constantly make fun of me about, like, Oh, like, see, I don't do comics where I'm expressing my feelings and stuff like. He don't care none, nothing about that. He's trying to make cool superhero comics of a particular kind of sensibility. Fair enough. But here's what I see: you open up your page, and this is one of my biggest complaints about most comics. 
I want to see something. Yeah. You know, I grew up in an age where like I would buy comics with the covers ripped off and you know what? That splash page often was as good as the cover was. Yeah. So you open it up and was like, eh, do I want to buy this? And it's like, oh yeah, I do because this is amazing looking. There's nothing here. And I'm going to blame Dan Jurgens. Yeah. He wrote page one. And what is it? It's uh, sitting in traffic, <laughs> talking to somebody on the phone. Like They call it the Marvel Method for a reason, you know, because it's, it's in the Marvel comics. And the Marvel Method comics that, that Ron Friends was doing, uh, he was deep in the Jack Kirby. He had Joe Sinnott fucking inking him. Ron Friends did on those stores. And it would have the Artie Simek looking lettering. And it would be like a bombastic splash you are diminishing ron friends's full superpowers by constraining him at that level because he don't want to be drawn this shit he ain't looking to draw this nonsense i like to imagine this is the dc version of cable <laughs> <laughs> even has the goatee like the rt bear cable ongoing series this is 1997 man this is like the the the, the rut like uh image the bloom is off the rose um this is a classic style DC kind of comic um the formula of of art making in these kind of comics the thing that like Ron Friends is able to do month in month out like you could you could through pattern recognition figure out like what it is it's like get a close-up get a mid shot get a far view and those are like your variables and just That's kind right. of it's he's not trying to compose in the same way that like Jaime's composing or Dan Klaus is composing. Yeah, this would be, um, if you were reading a how to do comics the Marvel way at this point, this is what you would be kind of learning is like, you do have a, you want to vary your shots. You want to keep it interesting. But you know, speaking of a splash page, you're telling me this wouldn't, you couldn't have started right here as this is page one with Superman screaming and like breaking apart and screaming, no stay back. Cause that makes me want to turn the page and see what's happening. Somebody sitting in traffic, not as exciting to me. Is he like, in Giantville or something? Or is he, uh, like all of this is part of him and he's kind of uh, getting reduced. Cause, Cause I get this as like a foreground element, but that might be like way too big. And these dudes who are way further away. Yeah, they're not that if small. They, if they were like right near him, they'd be about this big. This is something that um, is, not, is not local to uh, Ron Friends, but almost everybody up until maybe I'd say Frank Whiteley starts doing it. It's that a long shot was something like this. And then like quietly brings in that Mobius long shot where like, if you want to show little people in a city or whatever, let's draw them really, you know, small, like get that scale that didn't exist for a long time. And I don't know if it has to do with reproduction of new, you know, on kind of crappy paper. So it was something that was like, you can't draw figures that small. You can't do detail at that size. Maybe, I don't know why, but it seems like it's something that really comes in late nineties, early two thousands, where you start to see scale portrayed differently in American comic books. But you agree this is exceptional in mm -hmm. terms of like, he's th four inches tall in conjunction with these guys or something. It doesn't help that they're up high. You know, right. there's a perspective that's um, strange there. You draw on this page before breakfast, right? <laughs> before lunch, you know, one real, that's, you know, what's cool, man, about friends is like, you could see how he builds figures, you know, like he, he, he could build a good, reliable superhero figure. Like he knows how to twist them. He knows the shapes. Uh, you, you see like all the bits required. That's so good. 
I did. Uh, I tabled next to him at a show once and was watching him do sketches for people. Like little kids would come in and he'd do like a five minute sketch. It was phenomenal. He did one for me of Iron Man with like a ballpoint pen. So there's no underdrawing, and it looked exactly what you're saying. Like he's turning, a leg's coming forward. It's action. Yeah. And it's like, what the heck? Yeah. He's got it built in. Like he's he's internalized all the shapes. And and listen, like like I got this signed by him at you know, uh, Pittsburgh Comic Con three, four maybe. And uh, at his table, dude, he had a pile of, I swear to God, $1 pages. It would be Kickers Incorporated or like some of that new universe shit. $1 pages, $5 pages. We had like a little bit more. You might get a glimmer of a superhero costume or something. Then it was like $20 pages and still like pretty dope. You know what I mean? Like pretty dope stuff. And, and that was like the first like bunches of artwork that I ever saw. So then, like, uh, I went to Lee Weeks, who was, like, next to him. And I'm like, man, I really, because I really like that gambit. And I'm like, I want to buy me some. Like, if, if if this is what comic art costs, I'm buying me some gambit pages, man. And uh, even this is ridiculous, man. Like, Lee Weeks is like, I have nothing less than $200. And even the most expensive might have been, what, five? Still nothing. Like... Those are really nice pages. Totally. You just sprung for one of those, Ed. Like uh, four years of allowance, maybe? <laughs> I was going to say, you don't eat lunch you for know, all you of know, high school. You know what is interesting? <laughs> is like, also, this is like when I got a job. So I'm working at the, uh, at the video the store. the perspective on money. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm at the video store. Well, I, I put this on the pull list, you know, and I, I grabbed a Superman comic every week to just, like, see where this stuff was going. Uh, Bogdanov was doing one of those titles. I forget who's doing like. I liked Bogdanov. Uh, me too. I, like, it was so, so odd. Eminem was doing something, and and that was like my least favorite. And I forget who the other one was, but uh, yeah, I got I got a stack like this of uh, of these bullshit Superman comics. Like this guy in an issue or two is going to be wearing a chef's hat, working at a bakery or something. It's such a weird design that character. Like reading this comic this week, I was like, what even is this character? <laughs> right. Yeah, he's the misunderstood alien presence, you know, like uh, we've we've seen Doomsday and like this could be like maybe a, another Doomsday. Uh, this comic was promoted. OK, this is the one where we're going to get the, the guy. And of course, in true mainstream comic fashion, it doesn't happen to like the last page or whatever, man. I like this panel quite a bit. Good use on the color holds. Yeah, hard to draw, you know, hard to draw that that head going up. But once again. Uh, Ron Friends is good at twisting that figure. See, this is one of those things where you could learn a lot from Uncle Ron about like the tendons and like just how to build a good looking back of the leg, which when it comes up, man, and you don't have your reps in doing that, you're you're at a loss. Not Ron Friends. This feels like a staple of uh, Marvel Comics from, say, the 80s. This too. You know, I, I think part of Ron's job when he went to DC, just just on the surface, is... Let's marvel this up a bit, you know. Like, let's get some dynamics. Uh, we looked at the death of Superman by by D Dan Jurgens. That shit was boring, you know. Like at his most dynamic, it wasn't very dynamic. It wasn't even at this level. Yeah, you see it on even the subtle stuff. Like there was a crowd shot that was a small panel, but the heads were like one's tilted this way, the next yeah. one's tilted this way. Just everything's kind of moving. What looking at these pages though, man? Like, like it feels like like like. I think I could do 22 pages of this a, a month. I think it's insightful in what the image guys did. 
how like right. what they brought that was that readers responded to yeah you know being different it's it's kind of neat to think about these compared to that that type of uh comic art sure and like what some of those things would be you know mcfarland famously like why do it in seven panels and i could do it in two bud you right. know and it, it, their thesis is like two super dynamic drawings is worth more than seven little things with actual storytelling this is really bizarre i like this i like the concept of this where you have lex luther on either panel side but then like the perspective here is so strange it's that baseline thing that we is. often talk about like put figures on the baseline that can be fun but then you make lex luther look so small he should be the big one yeah exactly you know 100%. like have the girl have him have you know have her tiny yeah and the storyline here is superman's in in crisis everybody's trying to help even lex luther's like well we could probably help out here you know with right. some of their tech um, I love this panel too. There's a handful of these panels where like they just sing to me. I think that's such an effective use of like color, composition, everything. Yeah, yeah, using some zips even. They have uh, Superman in some kind of containment unit and he just can't figure out like how to harness this. And and that, that becomes a thread within the next uh, bunch of issues. You know, like uh, he's, it's like a new mutant, you know, like he's got to figure out and he's unsuccessful a lot in um, using his powers. You know, he was he was too overpowered mm -hmm. for a while, and they contrive a way to uh, weaken him and, and make him a little bit more luddite or amateurish. It which definitely could, could, feels like a new take. Yeah, could could add some dynamics to to the mixture. It's one of the tropes that I hate and I always complain about. Like, I don't want to see a four-issue miniseries of an origin because it's just dumb. Yeah. And there's a little bit of that in here. Totally. Like, like don't it spend too much try time trying to explain what's going on with the electricity and stuff. Because, exactly. like, let's just say he's out of control and he's in, he's going to die. Easy. And then... And McFarlane yeah, might have been right. Do that in two panels. They, they, they do all the, all the unfun stuff. Like, it's like... Once again, D Dan Jurgens like... With the death of Superman, all that stuff. Like, let's just give us a bombast. Like, this thing was highly promoted. I'm sure he got great royalties on it. I bought it. I wasn't reading any superhero comics at the time. And uh, it doesn't give you much. It, it's all the stuff that you hate, right? Like, it's like, now we got to establish how you get the costume. Now you got to put the S on the costume. It's like... It's so boring in a way because, like, this is great. The, 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 what happens, I think, is really strong. Yeah. But the execution is lacking because, like, all right, we're going to make a deal with the devil and accept this fabric to save Superman's life from Lex Luthor. Right. Great. That's that, awesome. That's, that's a good, good setup. You can build on that. But then to do it over two boring talking head pages, there's got to be a better way. Hey, look at the heaviness of that ink line. Totally. That's Isn't it wild? wild? Yeah, I like that. This kind of stuff. like It's right. neat to see um, somebody of Ron Friends' caliber doing these comics because you see him pulling out every trick he can to try to make this interesting. Right. But it's just talking heads saying nothing. Yeah, it's a, it's, you know, it's a script. And, and he's 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 used to that Marvel method and he would have extended fights. Like, it would have been so much more visual. I would love to see this done Marvel method where, like, he gave Ron those, those pieces to hit and then see what he would come up with because it's like here's the new superman ed yeah. watch him not do anything exactly for an issue. yeah and and really for issues uh this might be a good place to uh encourage everybody to send us their death of superman comics <laughs> sooner than later we got uh we got a great one in uh not too long ago we did a video we uh generated lots of orders uh to that bootleg comic and uh we haven't gotten a fresh one in some time so like uh get on the ball guys let's go um yeah, one of the cool pieces of drama with it with this costume is that uh, 
Well, it does come from Lex Luthor. So, like, you know, it's like TikTok and how it's a Chinese company. Yeah. Like, like uh, there might be, you know, some little bullshit in there, man. He isn't doing a free favor. <laughs> right. There'll be something that you owe him, but what's the alternative? Superman dies, so put on the fabric. <laughs> and it even kind of looks whack. Like, <laughs> it's just a rule. All right, let's cut back to our alien presence. Right. Bad colors, brown and orange, kind of like my least favorite uh, color co combination in uh, superhero comics. Um, but you see the friend stuff where he's just, he's able to fucking just dash this stuff out and make it look interesting. It amazes me what his generation can do with it figure. The facility of, uh, yes, fact, like dynamic drawing. Know, like, he's not posing people for this. He's not spending two days to, to draw a figure. It's like, this is a dude that can draw a figure from almost any angle and any pose. Exactly. That very hard to compose two four panel page that we were talking about off camera. <laughs> and uh, here, here, here it is right here. And and uh, frankly, like, you know, Uncle Ron, I love him. He didn't solve it. It's it's four figures that are the exact same height, basically. And then like one sort of change. Kirby did it well, you know. Kirby was able to handle that. But you got your basic bones. And, and dude, still pointing that fucking prowl. And uh, like, just, just very, very bird cage chippendale dancer type shit what a challenge of trying to have like electricity every page like how do we have like these electrical bursts how do we draw something that's invisible and make it exciting yeah in the in the thor comics when joe sinnott's inking it i'm spoiled and it really i like rubenstein man rubenstein has done great work over his career this this feels like hack inking rubenstein did the frank miller wolverine yeah yeah i'm not a rubenstein inker fan <laughs> I recognize he's a craftsman and, and, you know, he's been doing it for decades, obviously knows what he's doing, but not my favorite. Yeah. You know, the other thing with the electricity, it should work in this digital coloring era. Yeah. There should be some something that you could bring to this with the digital coloring that you couldn't have done 10 years before it. Yeah. You know, my mind is immediately going to this uh, Joe Matarera issue of X-Men where he find they fight like this steam monster and uh, Liquid, the colorist, does a lot of heavy lifting there to make that work. It feels close, you know, like this page is what, I didn't even think about it until we get here because you feel like, okay, you've almost got something there. It's so strange. I mean, it is the problem with a monthly comic. Yeah. You know, maybe if you have unlimited time, you figure out answers to all of these questions. But if the stuff's due next week, well, you figure out the best answer in that time frame. Yeah, with your facility. And, and uh, you know, that separates, you know, a lot, like a, a lot of the superstars of monthly comics are able to come up with a style that is expedient enough to hit the marks, but also the uh, visually interesting, you know? And uh, when when we first connected jimmy like uh, on the road we you were talking like it's something that stuck in my mind where you're like you cannot argue with great composition and uh that's that's like where the toth stuff comes in or something like right. uh it, it's a it's a mindset and this stuff is dashed in a way this is fan service let's well, go see the kents well yeah just but just a general art style like it it's not far from the larry lieber spider-man daily strip or something you know it's very like mid-shot kind of uh stuff and of course like a ma can't has to put the s on the chest you got to complete the uh look dude this shit gets really ridiculous like superman breaks off into two and there's like a red one yeah yeah you remember that shit somebody mentioned you know like that's a golden age kind of superman story 
the red and blue Superman. So a little bit of a, let's rework that. There's your money shot, you know? So the question is, how much is it worth? You know what I mean? Is this, is this worth buying this comic? Does it make you subscribe? Um, did fans love it? And I don't know. I don't know the answer to that because even if they loved it, like we had said, I think off air, nothing worked at this era. Every company was trying stuff to turn the ship around and nothing worked. So, I mean, there were good comics that were produced in that time period and for whatever reason didn't find an audience. I wonder if this delivers for some people. Like, do some people look at this and go, I have my favorite storyline is the <laughs> blue Superman? Well, in retrospect, this is very often uh, parodied and made fun of and considered a very, very dark period in uh, Superman's timeline. And all of the big comic characters... Uh, they, ha they have their cup of coffee with this kind of shit. I, I, the, the image that they used for Alex Saviuk for the uh, forthcoming Heroes Con was the big metal Spider-Man outfit. You know, I don't but, even remember that. Oh, yeah. That was like almost like Iron Man or something. Like, wow. you know, it's like that thing. Thor had an updated 90s costume. Um, yeah, I think Captain, he had a couple. One, one was a Mike Diodato because he makes it into Hawkman design, it's that. and it's like the flowing hair That's everywhere. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Uh, there yeah. was um, before Ron Garney. There was like bike helmet, like gear, fucking Captain America. Like when Dave Hoover was the the artist on that shit. Like they couldn't. They were doing their best. Right. And they were looking at that image stuff and yeah, saying, they, like, they, they, high tech. Everybody cop learned the wrong thing from image. It's true. Like, it, that stuff didn't sell because it had a robot arm. <laughs> right. It just wasn't it. Yeah. But uh, there it is, man. The uh, And then you got your B story because we have to continue this into, like, Adventures of Superman or whatever the, the next uh, comic is. Yeah. We got to run that alien thing right into the ground. Yeah. Okay. So Eminem, Tom Grummet is mm. is the action comics guy, Bogdanov on Man of Steel. So that's that's your team. That's your setup. It's interesting just where comics were at this time period, and I wonder like what everybody's response to this was. Like, I you know, I, gra I grab these. Fans? Yeah, I grab these comics and I read I read them each week. My thought was like, okay, you gave me a jumping on point, so I'm assuming you're gonna put your best foot forward. I'm gonna, f I'm gonna fuck with it, um, and I'm like, okay, I see where this is going. I see where this is going. Uh, I never really mess with Superman, so I'm like, okay, I'll like, I'll give, I'll give Superman a shot. But there was nothing happening, in, happening in the mainstream, and I felt like I should just. I'm on the road to become a Spider-Man penciler. Like that that's where my mind was. I was going to have to like do my tour at Marvel DC in order to like have a Fantagraphics comic or something because because like, there's no trust fund in Eddie P's life. Like I have to make money at comics or I don't get to make comics. And this was the only option. So I'm like trying to keep appraised with what's happening and shit. Um I stuck with this longer than I would have like like to admit. And a big part of that was laziness of just saying, hey, can you stop, take this off my list? Because it's not like I went every week, but like when I would go, there would be a stack in there. Oh. And then I'd be like, I just never thought. I feel like cringing at the idea of like, here's your six weeks of Superman. <laughs> right. Right. Oh. right. Uh, I stuck with these shits, man, for like maybe a year and a half, two years, something wow. like that. I got a, I got a grip for sure. But uh, yeah, I feel like uh, this review's super negative but also like i don't know what to endorse here you know 
we we talk about like who's this for what's the age group and i understand like superman at this point's been around 60 years and you know you're trying to figure out what can we do to make it's just something different introduce something different um it's a little bit of professor hulk you know it's like what do you do that's different and different doesn't necessarily mean good but like it's that a repeat and you know we've seen the repetition the cells are going down so you got to try something different but this is just I just wonder who this appeals. I can't imagine a young reader loving this. No. So yeah. then it becomes like, well, what's, you know, are 30-year-olds reading this? Like, what's up? At this era, like, the best Batman and Super comic, Superman comics were the Adventures comics. Yeah. Mark Miller was probably doing Batman Adventures, and if he wasn't, Scott McCloud was writing it. We did an episode, a fascinating idea, man. The idea that, like, the stars you see, that the that light from those stars was generated light years ago so in theory superman is on earth able to telescopically look at krypton at the moment that the planet explodes that's an amazing idea you don't do that in a real superman comic you got to do that in this like kayfabe you know animation comic that stuff is better yeah than these these uh you know mainstream attempts and it goes to show that like if you have a hit like superman was a genuine fucking blockbuster in the 30s in the 40s george reeves tv show reignites and it was so big that for 60 70 years you could coast on that inertia same with batman but like this is this is the big one this is like the hardest one to wrap your head around in like a vietnam era uh 1980s era extreme 1990s like it gets the further we get away from the 1930s, the harder it is to make any sense of this character. They're just trying to bring, like, like, add on modern sensibility, and the, with wearing white draw—I mean, you know, red draws on the outside of your blue costume—it's very rooted in a period of time that we just don't accept. Yeah, these days. it becomes more and more. Alien's the wrong word for what I'm trying to describe here, but it does become more and more of this, like, if you could somehow show Superman to somebody that somehow doesn't know comic books, they would just be confused. Like, what is this? <laughs> right. You know, like, walk into that meeting in L.A. without everybody knowing what superheroes and comic books are with that character design, and they'd be like, is that a clown? <laughs> right. Yeah, it's really bizarre. <laughs> it's a weird problem. And, and like, they just never foresaw it, you know? Like, like uh, if if the idea of superhero, like, you update every couple of years, back, starting back in the 30s, everybody would have accepted it, and it would have evolved over time. But just a vestige, this is a vestige of a time long since gone. I feel like All-Star Superman's a Superman that I've read that I go, oh, that's, that's good stuff. But it's almost like the gimmick is super high quality, which now you go, okay, let's do monthly... Let's do weekly. Right. And it just becomes impossible that, yeah. you know, like that's not going to be something that you can really hang your hat on because right. it's not going to be something you can control. It's it's very lucky whenever the, the A-listers show up and do something. It's um it's a weird dilemma. And it's weird to think this is the this is the flagpole that the company's built on. You know, it's not like this is your D-lister that, hey man, it still sells some. It's like, nope, this is what it's built on. This is Mickey Mouse. Interesting to think also... Because Disney isn't selling Mickey Mouse. You know what I mean? Like, you go, oh, Disney, this huge media company. They're selling a million other characters. Yeah. This is Mickey Mouse-era character that's still being sold as, like, it's our flagship. 
that's that's true and think about like the uh the licensing problem right like like there's probably already some stuff with that like yet yellow and red s that are out there but like at this time maybe those numbers of and licensing deals have gone down so far that it's like well let's change it just like 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 when sports teams change their logos or something and there's like so much money invested in the icon that already exists you know big part of the problem with like a lot of those teams that have like you know unfortunate names and stuff it's just like got all this shit it's it's a big deal financially so uh are they gonna, the other thing. they're gonna try to float this on underoos and nobody like that? that reads this thinks about any of that stuff right but it's like that's probably what more the bulk of the business think about you know that's how you actually feed the employees at, at dc comics and yet like no considerations i read this and i go oh, i like the costume where i don't or the story's dumb or it's good or whatever but it's like that's kind of the most insignificant part of a character like superman like totally. it really is that licensing and how do you keep those licenses valuable and, and at this point the marvel dc comic is just a testing ground to maybe create a gwenpool or something that can be used for their multimedia empires you know it has nothing to do with making good comics it's like let's throw some stuff at the wall come up with some new storylines and it, the way that uh walt simonson described it was like you got that like little cup full of dice or something and then you drop it and it's like okay let me put thor versus <laughs> this and see what we got see see what people like like let's let's do you know captain america picks up the hammer weird see what we got like that's that's mainstream comics and you know like, like that's still not an insignificant chunk of the american market but this is one of our weirdest episodes yeah yeah it's a weird the conversation that co comes afterward man you good to go yes Jay favors like follow subscribe to the youtube channel hit the bell so that we can notify you when new vids are available jimmy and i are either going to or have come back from uh heroes con so happy to see you there and if not if it's before heroes con we'll see you there <laughs> in a day or two <laughs> it's that weird time period right jimmy <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I'm getting loopy from lack of sleep or something. Cartoonist Kayfabe comic book Christmas in July is going down last Saturday in July. Uh, this is an effort Jimmy and I are putting together to uh, promote comic awareness. And the way that uh, we suggest you do that is to uh, go to those free little lending libraries in your neighborhood, put some comics in there. Could be your comp copies, could be doubles. Go to the comic shop, hit the dollar bin, grab, grab a bunch of cool stuff, spread them around, man. You could leave the Superman 123s uh, out of that pile. I, 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 think, I think I'm comfortable with saying that. But the vids are brought to you by the books that we make and coming out within uh, the next couple of months in time for the holidays is the Hip Hop Family Tree Omnibus. We just got our proofs in for like what the uh, cover is going to look like with the gold foil. And uh, very excited about that. Four volumes of Hip Hop Family Tree are out there. They're collected in this volume. You can see this is the spine, man. That's a that's a thick ass book. It's gonna be 140 pages of stuff in there that uh, was not in those original four volumes. A lot of artwork that I uh, put together exclusively for this volume, including this cover. Uh, there's going to be the Hip Hop. I mean, there's going to be the X Men Grand Design trilogy coming out. We're putting that back into print, collecting all three volumes of Hip Hop uh, of X Men Grand Design. And the comic that is out on the stands right now is uh, Red Room Crypto Killers. Every story self-contained. This is the first issue, covered the second. The third issue is going to be a hot key, so put in your orders for that right now. Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit is the name of the game. 
and uh, there are two trade paperbacks of that out there but jimmy let the people know what you got going on street angel princess of poverty is my next book you can pre-order that one online it'll be out from image comics later this year collecting all the street angel material that is not in deadly scroll live also from image these two books are kind of a set so if you missed out on deadly scroll live pick that up now and pre-order princess of poverty you can pick up hulk grand design wherever you buy comics it's a giant oversized fluorescent green book you want it in your collection. And The Plain Jane's the first young adult graphic novel, still in print and available. You can also join me on patreon.com slash jimrug to see my latest comics. What else do we got going on, Jimmy? Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe e-newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts, merchandise, hats, mugs, stickers, and more at our spread shop. That link is under this video. All good ways to support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. Give them those marching orders. We'll be on our way. Read more comics.